Hello, and welcome to System Mastery, the podcast where we beat a dead cavalry unit 1d6 wounds at a time. Today, we're discussing the very first edition of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplaying, the RPG set in GW's popular, though also very unfortunately deceased, fantasy setting. It's the age before the Age of Sigmar on today's System Mastery. Everybody, welcome to System Mastery. It's me, your host, the ever-loving blue-eyed Jeff, joined as always by my co-host, regular John. Hi, John. Uh hey. <laughs> How you doing? I'm fantastic. That's the only time I'm going to ask you. I know I promised before the episode that I wouldn't do that bit again. Yeah, good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, but now that I've asked you once, I feel like to get back into the flow of conversation, I just need to ask you again. I won't. I won't. You know what I'm going to do instead? We have an announcement mastery, and I'm going to get it out of the way early. Ooh, an early announcement mastery. I feel like we're doing people a disservice by saving them through an entire hour of our dumb bullshit. I worry that people <laughs> turn off that people turn off the show before they hear these things. And it's really rare that they're ads. Most of them are just people sending each other nice messages. So it's sad that they, people aren't hearing these things. Anyway, oh, this it. one's for this one's for blueapron.com. <laughs> okay, I'm kidding. Here we uh, go. Someone just it. has a really nice message for blueapron.com. Dear blueapron.com, thanks for the fish signed dolphins. Huh. <laughs> that can't huh. be good. Weird. <laughs> All right, here's the actual message. Uh to my dearest Sharky, I am so glad we met and that you've kept by me all these years just thinking about you brings a smile to my face and i hope that we get many more years together i love you more than i can say happy anniversary love your darling dragon Aww. that's the whole thing that's Aww. so nice oh that's so let's see that's why i didn't want to sully that by by following an hour of us telling random poop jokes and talking about what sarah michelle geller's doing or whatever i don't know i pulled a celebrity out of my butt Sorry, Sarah Michelle Geller. Get back in my butt. <laughs> I am sorry to have pulled you out of there, which I know you were comfortable. Yeah, I know it's safe and warm. Mm-hmm. And no one makes you go to Buffy conventions. <laughs> well, no one can make you go to Buffy conventions now. That's true. <laughs> That'd be a very mean thing to do in this day and age. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, we found find you guilty of perjury, and uh, by way of punishment, you have to go to a Buffy convention. Oh, no. <laughs> Xander will be there. <laughs> uh, unless he's in jail. Uh, I don't remember if he currently is or not. I don't know. He Do you think there's hope for him to have a, a, a comeback, maybe with uh, with Chloe from Smallville, like the two of them could work together on some kind of project? Oh, I definitely don't think so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, well, John, we read Warhammer Fantasy Roleplaying, the first edition of it even. Yes, indeed. We found the really <laughs> old one. that? The first edition of it even. <laughs> Exit stage left. Ugh, <laughs> uh, what is going on here? I don't know, man. I was I was reaching around to try and find my PDF reader so I could have some notes up in front of me, 
Maybe that caused me to briefly sound like Snagglepuss. <laughs> I know how you always sound like Snagglepuss whenever you get that reach around. <laughs> yeah, I, when I find myself in times of trouble, that's when I sound like Snagglepuss. <laughs> Let it be, even. <laughs> hey, Jude. Uh, All right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not sure what I'm doing at this point. Uh, We're <laughs> real shaggy. Well, I haven't talked to you in a while. We skipped an episode or something. No, wait. We still did the movie one. Yeah. Whatever. This is just a shaggy episode. It, it, I'm feeling loose. It's loosey-goosey here on the System Mastery today. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's when podcasting is at its best. When it's not good, <laughs> timely. No structure to it. Just meandering. <laughs> That's what people want. Just sort of random assemblages of words. Yeah, people, Something to fill the space. They really want to tune into their favorite podcast to hear the host just kind of, you know, dick around for a bit. <laughs> Faff about without really a point. I mean, it could it could seem like we're mugging a bit here. And could that be because even though this book is damn near 400 pages long, there's not much in it worth talking about? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. It sure could feel that way. Uh, I know that this is it supposed could. to be, this is a, a, a series where the edition changes are usually her heralded, uh, that that, uh, that the Warhammer Fantasy role-playing system just gets better from edition to edition, according to most folks. Yeah, I forget which one is most beloved. It was third or fourth edition, people super, super praised. But I man, that is not one. this edition. <laughs> No, I remember I almost bought one of these, but it was like a boxed edition. Like everything you needed was in a box and it came with a bunch of cards and junk. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized that at that point in my nerd life, I didn't have enough time to like hand out cards to everyone before every game and all that stuff. So I kind of let it slide, but I hear it's a masterpiece of whatever edition that was. Yeah, no, I, I have seen some, you know, reviews and a few things about later editions and mm -hmm. it's interesting to go into reading the first edition with that in mind, because you can kind of see where they're going to go with it. And you just look at it and you're like, man, this was bad and it's great that they changed it. It's bad, but there are things about it that I feel, and, and almost entirely in the story section, that I feel show uh both positive and negative growth in GW as a company over the ensuing decades. Cause this is a 1989 game. Yeah. And honestly, even for 1989, it's not the worst. There's no, there's some interesting things and choices that they made for such an early game. Here's the thing though. I found it, found out it was a 1989 game, like an hour before this review started uh, because I kind of was like, oh, shit, I should probably check on that. Up until then, I was almost certain this was a 1982 game. Uh. Because it is, basically, this air, this whole game is a model of an airplane designed to attract Gary Gygax back to their island. It's uh, <laughs> it, it, it's one of those games where the, the GM section is just full of little arcane side rules, like, yes, of course, your players will obviously want to burrow into the side of a person's house. Here's three pages of rules for how that might work. <laughs> uh, it, it's just, it's just. Well, there's a hyper... reason this is almost 400 pages long. Y yes, yeah, it, it's hyper specific. 
uh, almost it, it's one of those books that tries to cover all the edge cases by having a little write up for how in every single given situation the following things might occur. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to the beginning. How <laughs> you right. doing? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you what's your familiarity? Promised. I know. I let you down. Uh, don't answer the question then. Smash. Look, um, <laughs> I begged you not to. <laughs> I okay. What's your familiarity with Warhammer Fantasy? So I uh, I played a bit of Warhammer Fantasy back in the day. Had some Skaven. Absolutely love the little rat men. Uh, and yeah. you know it's if you've played 40k or fantasy either one that's basically you're gonna know most of the stats here because they just sort of poured it over yeah some of them were switched from being a number ranging from one to a 10 to a number ranging from one to 100 but you can kind of see the wheels behind that yeah it's just if they felt like granularity was super important they added uh you know a tens digit which is amusing because a lot of the time the tens digit only goes up by 10 percent in in most situations yeah, I mean, pretty much you're just looking at, like, the initial gain in any one of these is going to be the mm-hmm. only time where it's actually going to be a not, like, goes up by 10 value. So... Yeah, yeah, it, it's uh, it's kind of a surprise. Uh, I also played the game back when you did for a very brief time. We were both kind of 40k guys... And fantasy, at least at that time, seemed significantly less interesting and a lot more fiddly and old-fashioned. I I imagine at this point the two are a lot more kind of even in terms of development and storyline structure. Yeah, I I know that the the Age of Sigmar thing was like, let's try and make the, the whole, like, fantasy section of our game less i have a tray full of guys and i push that tray at your tray yeah that's that's what it was like back when we were kind of in the wargaming scene it was fantasy or 40k was a lot of people who had you know relatively diverse armies maybe not so much at the facility we played at we played at a bad scene kind of se- setting where there were a lot of gray tank piles that were hmm. that were whatever flavor was good that week uh <laughs> Hell, the last time I stopped by and checked in on them was a few years back, and I remember a guy being told who his who he had to play that week, and he was just like, "No, tell him he wins." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, this is a uh, this hobby's gotten fun, hasn't it?" <laughs> uh, but fantasy at the time was the province of the true neckbeard. Like it was, it was a very different scene of dudes who were playing fantasy. A lot of guys who didn't even stand up during the games. Yeah, it's, if if you know where I'm going, it's a. Uh... It's interesting. I like the world, and I'm very sad. That was one of the big things with Age of Sigmar that I was very sad about was they destroyed the old world, which is what this whole game is going to take place in, mm-hmm. and just sort of had a generic, there are bubbles of fantasy realms that knock into each other sort of thing. Yeah, but, I mean, I don't I don't necessarily hate that all the lizard men in my garage are now some kind of, like, alien angels called Seraphon that still do dinosaur shit. But, you know, I, I do kind of feel the loss. Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> the whole deal with trying to translate the 
sort of tabletop wargaming thing to a RPG. We've seen all over the place. I mean, D&D was that. And yeah. it's really interesting to me that they decided, you know, whereas other things will either try to simulate, you know, you're one of the like heroes that would have been on the field or, you know, some will try and simulate having a bunch of dudes all together is like, oh, you know, you'd have a unit and that's sort of what you're playing as. Whereas this, they went the exact opposite and are like, you know how you normally have a, uh, you know, an army full of badasses? What if you were a piece of shit? Yeah. Like, my usual comparison point for games based on tabletop war games is the Iron Kingdoms game, where, you know, you basically play as a model from the table. You build your own, and honestly, you could put them on a a a, a, a regular game of War Machine, and they'd make sense, and you'd have the same rough control that you would have in the war game. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this, that, that I mean, that's l- relatively true. You still have a lot of similar stats to what uh, Warhammer Fantasy characters have, but boy, oh boy, are you ever a schmo in a world of dirt. Yeah, so real quick, uh, just stat-wise, you've got movement for how far you can go, uh, mm-hmm. Weapon skill for melee, ballistic skill for ranged, your strength and toughness as sort of a how much you deal and how much you take, wounds, yeah. uh, it's your wounds, uh, initiative, number of attacks, and mm-hmm. uh, your dexterity. And yeah. that's... Yeah, up until... Go ahead. Oh, that's just basically your sort of combat skills, and then you have some more social-based skills or stats, really. Right, and right up until dexterity, that's basically the the stat chart for a character in like the tabletop game. Uh, the difference being that things like weapon skill and ballistic skill are percentile now, uh, and I believe I think is initiative percentile as well. I forget. Um, in any uh, rate, everything is percentile except for strength, toughness, and wounds. Right. Okay. Very good. Uh, and attacks, I believe. Oh yeah. Well, you yeah. know. Hmm. Uh, also, and, and then you move over to these social stats that are brand new, which are what, like leadership and uh, cool intelligence. Cool? Thank you. It is cool. It is cool. It's very cool. Leadership, oh, intelligence. That's cool. Cool. About your brain. Willpower and fellowship. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's your ability to carry a ring. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so you have all of those and. You're gonna, since most of your stuff is percentile as far as like what the stat is, you can probably guess that this is a percentile based game. That's a mm-hmm. roll under whatever your stat is. And uh, yeah, it, in almost every situation, the other character or the target stats don't really matter. You just roll to hit by rolling under your weapon skill or ballistic skill. Yeah, and when it comes to like. Oh, but what if I want to parry or block that? That's also just based on you rolling under a parry or uh, weapon skill of your own. So mm-hmm. there's not really a lot of comparing stats until you get to the damage section. Because yes. strength will add to how much damage you do. Toughness uh, subtracts from how much damage you do. So you can pretty much just compare the two and then either add or subtract from that at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh it's not a super complicated system. Not really. It's and, and uh even the weapons in this are 
very simple. There is baseline. The game is like, oh, there's no difference. If you want to use, you know, a sword or a staff or a dagger or whatever, it all just does your strength in damage plus whatever you had rolled. So it doesn't matter. Just use a weapon. There is optional rules that has a chart for like, all right, if you want to actually give a shit, here's varying damage qualities. And like, if you want to do that, it'll affect your initiative and your damage and how much you can move and stuff like that. Yeah. And this is uh, very similar to the, the Warhammer role playing or, or a tabletop game where hand weapon was just a thing that you could equip your, your uh, models with. And yeah. it didn't matter what the fuck it was. They just had hand weapons. Don't worry about it. It's weird to see that translated over into the role-playing game, but, you know, whatever. The interesting thing is, if you actually look over at the uh, the rules, if you want to use different weapon stats and whatnot, pretty mm-hmm. much the best thing you can use is a spear, which is interesting because that was basically what you would upgrade to if you wanted your infantry to be better in the tabletop game you'd be like all right you could have hand weapons or i could give you spears and then you're basically hand weapons with reach <sighs> that's true sean what would you say generally was your favorite thing not about this game because i'm not trying to <laughs> and end- we're done thank you everyone <laughs> no i'm not trying to end the episode i'm trying to say what's one of the coolest things about warhammer the tabletop game because for me it was variety of choice i mean where you you could play as all kinds of cool shit yeah that was one of the big things, honestly. I just loved the magic system in there, and we will mm-hmm. get into the magic system for this one. But uh, yeah, but like you could play as dark elves, ogres, uh, spider riding goblins, uh, vampires, mummies. There were just a million different things you can play as in this game. However, what can you play as? Well, you have four choices: you can be a man, mm-hmm. an elf, a dwarf, or a halfling. I don't even really when I'm when I think about Warhammer Fantasy, I don't even think about halflings. I mean, I know they're technically no. in there. They're one of the yeah, they're one of those races that's like or species that's like left over from the early '80s of the game. There's only like one model of them. It's metal and it's got a pot on its pot belly, and it just looks like shit. And it's supposed to be like these little fellows, man, a soup bowl. Yeah, like the only time you really see halfling in anything at this point is I think if you play Blood Bowl because they have their own team. And other than that, that's about it. Like, Warhammer Fantasy doesn't really give a shit about Halfling. And when I say that, I also mean the role-playing game because there is (laughs) no reason to be a Halfling in this game. It is straight up worse than anything. It's Yeah, yeah. I mean, it strictly is a worse elf is what it is. Because elf has basically the same stats but better that a Halfling has. Um, yeah. Now, all of them have their own randomization for the stats, and mm-hmm. they use the same dice pretty much, except for movement. But it'll be like, oh, for weapon skill, you'll you'll roll two d ten no matter what you are, and then depending mm-hmm. on whatever your species is, you'll roll between like a plus ten and a plus thirty. Now, yeah, just add a, a, a static plus ten to plus thirty. Yeah. Now the halfling in this has only two stats that it's actually pretty good at, and that's initiative and dexterity. Yep. Saying that, the elf has a better initiative and the same dexterity, and then just better in most of the other stats as well. 
And mm-hmm. it's not like the halfling is getting anything for it, because when it says, like, oh, when you make your character, go ahead and check what your, like, racial abilities are. Except all <laughs> that is is what languages do you speak and how good is your night vision? And what skill are you forced to take as a starting skill? Yeah, and halflings have worse night vision and uh-huh. speak one fewer language than elves. So and you're their just skill shit. <laughs> And and the skill they're forced to take is cooking. Yeah, it's... Fuck, elves even have, like, specific weapons to their race that's like, oh, there's an elven bow, and if you use it as an elf, then it's a really good long bow, and if you use it as anyone else, it counts as a short bow. And there's nothing See, like that for halflings. No, halflings are just trash in this game, and they feel like an afterthought or a mistake. Like, they just... They put them in because they needed four races, but... It was 1989 if they had put, like, Lizardmen or Skaven or something in the game that everyone would have lost their fucking minds. Oh, yeah, because that was the problem. They were like, all right, well, we can only put, like, the good races in here because we don't want it to be like, you know, you can play as a Skaven or a Chaos guy or whatever because you shouldn't be evil. And then they were like, oh, wait a minute, we don't really have a lot of those. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think they would have just split up the elves into the various types of fantasy elves that there were, or even the humans, because, you know, this is fantasy, so there's like four human armies. You've got Empire and what, like Kislev and... uh, Britonia. Dogs of War. Uh, You had all these options back in these days for pointless human armies that have long since been faded into gold-plated space marines. Hmm. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) it is just sad to see that you know, you go down the whole like, oh, random roll your character, and there is just, just an option that sucks. And yeah, dwarf is no great shakes. I'll say that. Well, at least at least dwarf has a couple of unique things. Exactly. Elves are just elves are just better people. That's just what they are. They're just better people. They have better stats, and they have no nothing that's that's the the uh, unique province of elves outside of a couple of interesting weapons. Dwarves at least have a couple of careers they can open up that are dwarf only. Yeah, there's if there were a couple things you wanted to do, dwarf is actually the only way to get to a, a few career paths. And mm-hmm. even though they're not amazing at a lot of things stat-wise, they do have a few things that they are just the best at. And, yeah. you know, there's a reason to play a dwarf in this game, unlike Halfling. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Like, Halfling has... I mean, okay, I might as well get down to brass tacks here and point out that this game has, like, 140 fucking careers that you have to roll randomly to see what your character starts as, and none of them are Halfling only, or even mention Halflings. Yes. And in addition to that, uh, there are just an assload of skills in this game, and one of the things it wants you to do when you're making your character is decide how old they are. And it has mm-hmm. a chart for each of the races that is, okay, uh, you'll get a either a bonus or a penalty to number of skills depending on your age. Yeah. For humans and dwarves, the most you can get if you pick the correct age, basically, is a plus two to your skills. Elves mm-hmm. can get a plus three because they're better than everyone. Halflings yes. can only get a plus one. So even in the skill selection, they're still just worse. Yeah, you keep waiting for the other shoe to drop for them to be like, oh, and here's the thing that makes halflings cool or, you know, viable, and it never comes. 
Yeah, you keep waiting for there to be like, oh, but here's the thing. Halflings are incredibly lucky, and so you get free re-rolls or whatever. And you'd be like, okay, well, they're not as good, but they can try to do stuff more often. No, there's nothing. They're just bad. I'm trying to remember what their specific thing was, even in the tabletop game, and I'm pretty sure it was that they were accurate. Like, they made good snipers or something. Yeah, That might just be the 40k equivalent, the ratkin the their whole thing is and they even have it in here is uh a thing that it's easier for them to get which is the ability to use slings so they were very good at like ranged sling attacks and that was pretty much the only thing they had going for them I, i i assume that mattered a lot more back when there was a major relevant difference between slings and bows in the game yeah because then you could be like oh well sling is I can move and still shoot at you rather than a bow where I have to stand still and shoot. Right. But <laughs> uh, it, an interesting thing about this game, uh, it has 133 skills, but the thing is almost everything that nowadays you wouldn't think of as a skill, like stuff that would just be racial trait or species traits or upbringing traits or feats or powers from a class. Uh, all of those are skills. Yeah. Cause things like, I have plus one strength, are just a skill that you could get. Mm -hmm. It's just called very strong. Yeah. So in addition to things like, what do you have? Oh, I've got cooking or astronomy or dance. You also have as skills things like, you know, ambidextrous, or uh, you can have lightning reflexes. So you've got sort of an interesting mix of things you would assume are skills and things that just sort of affect the way you interact with the world. Yes. Now you do get a couple of randomized starting skills. You'll get one that's automatic, uh, except for humans. Humans get to randomly roll for everything, which weirdly they sell as a benefit. Uh, they're like humans are the most uh, flexible of the, of the old world races. And that's why when it's their turn to roll for skills, they roll randomly for everything on this giant list. Yeah, whereas uh, as to... <laughs> elves just start with excellent vision. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, oh, good. They just get to have a straight-up bonus skill. Neat. Right. And halflings start with cooking. And I don't even remember what dwarves start with. I don't know. Probably mining. Mining. Yeah. It's there mining. you go. Got it in one. They're pretty straightforward with what dwarves are and do in this game. Oh, yeah. Now, the... The interesting thing is, even though there are 63 starter classes that you could get, what mm-hmm. you do is you don't pick one of those. You no. pick a overarching theme. So there are warrior, ranger, rogue, and academic. And yeah. you can pick one of those. They each have restrictions on them, which of course means you could technically roll a character that cannot be anything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but the the various ones, whatever you qualify for, if you qualify for all of them, just pick one. But you'll mm-hmm. get an overarching, like, big class, and then you have to randomly determine what you are within that. Yeah. And I got to say, given that it starts with 63 careers, I think they tried to use that as a major big deal selling point for this game. With the idea being like, holy shit, look at all the options of this thing. It's incredible. I mean, sure, they're random options, but we we put in so fucking many. And then you go through and you look at them, you're like, oh, this is a boring place. 
Yeah, it's unfortunate because you're like, oh, wow, fucking 63 classes? That's that's ridiculous. How would you even do that? And you're like, oh, how you do that is none of them matter. <laughs> it's the same way you do it in games like Fatal, where it's just, what are the classes in the game? Oh, you know, semen, uh, embezzler, <laughs> road watcher. Yeah. The... <laughs> they're, they're boring. And it's... It's real sad because you look at some of the big categories and you're like, okay, cool. If I pick warrior, then I've got a fairly decent chance of at least getting a like basic class that is somewhat combat based. I mean, you can still get things like, ah, I rolled laborer. All right. Mm -hmm. Great. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. You end up with when these, you look at something boring. Good. No, just you look at something like the big thing for me is academic, because mm -hmm. all the other ones have at least things that are sort of based around. Oh, you're kind of roguey. You're kind of a ranger, whatever. The academic yeah. is just you go into it and it's a crapshoot for like, come on, baby wants to be a wizard's apprentice, and you're like, and I'm a pharmacist. Okay, well. <laughs> Yeah, no, academic is a tough road to hell. And the book makes a big deal of saying that, you know, these aren't what you are. These are what you were. You're a hero now. You've taken up the adventuring lifestyle. Uh, you can tell that you're a hero. You're cut above the regular humanity because each of these classes has like a list of bonuses they can choose as they gain experience points. And you get one of those bonuses right now for free. That's because you're a big fucking hero. Why? You're 10% more accurate with hand weapons than most people. Look at you, you golden god. Uh, yeah. But the problem, you keep Christ. You, you read your way through it, you're like, okay, so I'm not actually a agitator. I'm a, I'm a rogue of some kind. That's cool. I, that, well, w when do I get to the part that tells me what rogues are? No, fuck you. You're an agitator. It says you're not, but you are. There's nothing after this. Yeah, it's, <laughs> you start out, and whatever you randomly roll into will give you uh, some skills, depending on whatever you rolled. Uh, mm -hmm. You can get anywhere from, like, you know, two to maybe eight. Yeah. There's some, some, trappings, some, which is just sort of what stuff you get. Yeah, I was going to say, sometimes you get the skills automatically. Sometimes you have a chance of having the skill. Uh, which yeah, so like an alchemist's apprentice uh, has brewing, evaluate, and read and write, and then a 50% chance of chemistry, which is weird if you're an alchemist's apprentice that you wouldn't know chemistry. Well, you say that, but then you read the description of alchemists, and it's like, oh, alchemists never teach their apprentices shit. You're going to end up either having to kill him and steal his practice or leave to become a laborer. I hope you like sweeping floors, you dirty peasant, because you're never going to learn alchemy. And you're like, okay, I get it. It's Dark Ages jokes. Here we go. Lay them on me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to keep happening like that for 63 careers in a row where they're like, you're a boatman. Your job is to carry people across the river. 80% of the time, you fucking murder them halfway across. And I'm like, that wouldn't work. That would make for a bad economy. People would turn to boatmen who have a lower rate of killing you. Yeah, you'd be like, oh, but like, I could just not do that. Like, if I went up and I was like, oh, I need to cross this river, but there's an 80% chance the dude taking me across is going to kill me. I'd be like, you know what? 
maybe I don't need to cross this river that bad. You know what? Fucking my fox and corn and goose are fine on this side. Screw it. <laughs> uh, and, and, but it's just... Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just... I'm very angry at these basic classes for many reasons. <laughs> you should be. Well, the problem... I keep feeling really bad about that chance of a skill thing. We're like, oh, my character is an artisan's apprentice. All right, our fuck. I'm Johnny Tremaine, silversmith. This is already fucking boring. What's your? What are your skills? Well, I get to drive carts. That's a given. I automatically drive carts. I have a twenty five percent chance of very resilient and a twenty five percent chance of very strong. If I don't hit one and four twice in a row, this class is just trash. Yeah, oh, at that point, no, you're just like, oh, I get to drive a cart. And there's no way to ever roll those 25% chances again other than moving to a different career that has them automatically or gives you a chance again. Well, yeah, because the problem is <laughs> you look at this and for a game that has 63 starting classes, these are just such a tiny amount of what you're going to give a shit about in this game mm-hmm. because there are also an ass load of advanced classes which are you are going to go into the second you can right you have to get like 100 experience and someone who can train you and then you're going to jump to another class as soon as possible now not every starter class has what's called a career exit which is your ability to jump to another class from that one not every one of them has one of the good advanced classes uh, as a career exit, so you'll have to jump around until you find your way out. And here's another problem. Of the advanced classes, a lot of them are just advanced levels of boring. Yeah. Like when you get out, and you're like, I'm not an embezzler anymore. Now I'm a charlatan. And, well, okay, that's kind of cool. Is that like a rogue where you lie to people? And nope, I'm just even better at embezzling. I'm a counterfeiter now. <laughs> that's an advanced class. Yeah, and it's, again, I'm really angry at the whole academic side of this, because if I start this game and I'm like, oh, sweet, I've got a high willpower, a high intelligence, uh, I'm going to be, like, super good at being a wizard, I just got to get my way over to it. If you roll and you get something like, oh, I got, you know, pharmacist, okay, there's no exit to an advanced class from pharmacist. You're like, okay, well, I guess I can go over to Alchemist's Apprentice? Okay, great. Alchemist's Apprentice doesn't have a an exit to anything that is wizard. Okay, I guess I can go to uh, a charlatan? Okay, great. You're a charlatan now. <laughs> Did you want to be that? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> it's true. It doesn't really... I mean, I like the idea of career progression, but the problem is everyone's just jumping around between these pitiful medieval bullshit options. And yeah. boy, oh boy, you keep thinking what, a couple of these have to be good, right? Because like, there's cool people running around the Warhammer fantasy universe, and you even see one in there that's called protagonist. And you're like, yeah, oh, that's sweet. one of the okay. things you can roll. Yeah. If you're a protagonist, your job is to go into towns and pick fights with people and then get paid not to beat them up. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Or That's pick, your protagonist. Get money, or get money for beating them up. I assume that this is some old definition of protagonist. I didn't I didn't pause to look it up. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's got it's got agony right in the name there, so maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. 
So most of these careers are boring. Uh, their little descriptions generally tend to be, you know, oh, a lot of these guys are noble gamekeepers who keep the, pe- the, the pheasants safe on the king's land. But a lot of them are also murderous thieves who are poachers. Please note that if they're poachers, they should use the poacher career. Oh. And you're just like, I get it already. Everything sucked. Thank you. I don't, yeah. I, you know, I, I didn't really get this impression when I was fighting the Tomb Kings in my cool game. Now, the way advancement works, in addition to you go from sort of a class to a different class, mm-hmm. is each one has the the stats that you have as a little line bar, and it gives you how much you could possibly get in any one of those. So it might say, like, uh, weapon skill plus 10, and mm-hmm. strength plus 1, or so on. Now that means... Yeah. You can spend 100 XP when you are that class to gain that bonus. So you could go, okay, uh, I'm playing as whatever. I'll spend 100 XP, get weapon skill plus 10. Now, that isn't Mm -hmm. a you can get a plus 10 whenever you spend 100 XP. It is that is your maximum. And that carries over to anything else. Oh, God, that is the most infuriating part of this game. Every time you get a class, you get a list of what's called your advanced scheme. Uh, Your advanced scheme is the things that that career can offer you as bonuses. They're static, they cost a bunch of XP, and you can only buy each one of them once. Uh, And when you jump careers finally to another one, if it doesn't have a higher listed bonus, you're shit out of luck. If you're like, okay, uh, I was a guard, so I had plus ten available to my weapon skill. I jump from bard to highway, or from guard to highwayman. I have plus ten weapon skill available. Does that mean I can buy it again and have another plus ten weapon skill? No, fuck you. Find a class that has plus twenty. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's interesting, and it is the reason you would really want to get to any given advanced class fairly quickly because. Most of them are the only ones that really have bonuses outside of a one-time advance. Yeah, they they tend to have the twenties and thirties you can buy that that allow you to really rise up above your uh, your station as a a noble laborer. Um, in fact, some of the advanced classes themselves have advanced classes. Uh, for example, if you want to become like a knight captain, then you have to go through guard and then into the advanced class guard captain and then into the advanced class knight captain after you finish every single one of the advances in guard captain. Uh, this is going to make you real sad when you finally get to knight captain and realize that it has the exact same bonuses as guard captain, except for a plus 10 higher, I think it was, in, or plus one higher initiative. See, you're like, I go through this entire advanced class so I can get to this other advanced class, and then I can't buy any advances in it because they're the same. Now, the only other thing you're going to be buying with your XP outside of improving your stats is skills. So when you go Mm -hmm. into a new class, you don't just get their skills. So, like, a captain might have, you know, oh, I can get disarm or dodge blow or heraldry or ride horse or whatever, but you don't mm-hmm. get those when you become a captain. Now you can spend 100 XP, and instead of getting a bonus to your baseline competency, you can get a new skill. Yep. Uh, now, how do skills work in this game? They do not provide you with uh, new percentages that you can roll under. 
So say, for example, that you pick up the skill acrobatics, you do not now have an acrobatics value that you can roll under to perform acrobatics. Instead, what it does is it unlocks uh, the ability to say that you're using acrobatics and things, and a couple of plus 10% bonuses to things like entertain or perform or busk. Uh, or escape artists, that kind of thing, uh, all of which are uh, defined roles that you might make in the course of common play, which makes up a, a large portion of the early part of the game mastering section. Yeah, there's a, to... there's a weird thing for this game where they have all of these skills, but then mm-hmm. all of the skills aren't the tests that you make, like you were saying. You don't make an acrobatics check, you just have acrobatics, and now you can use that to help with your jump or leap check, which is its own mm-hmm. standardized test that maybe some other skill might help. So like Yeah, you'll still if you're making a jump check, you're still like rolling against your dexterity or under your dexterity. It's just that now because you have acrobatics, you get a plus ten to that roll. Yeah, so there's things like Oh, there's an estimate check that you roll for against your intelligence, but you can have evaluate, follow trail, and supernumerate are all skills that might affect the test that is estimate. Supernumerate was one of the very few things in this game that I actually kind of really enjoyed. It's like your character's really good at math, and if you're presented with a math problem, you don't need to roll on it. You'll eventually solve it. The D- the the DM will just tell you when. Yeah, in addition to the ones that are like, oh, you get a, you know, plus one to strength or whatever, there are also some things like that or like drive cart is just, oh, there's, you don't ever roll for this. If you have drive cart, congratulations, you can drive a cart, you don't do anything. Like, it just unlocks the capability to do this. Yeah, now if you want to get a sense for the, here's... Here's a lesson you can take away from from this particular element of game design. Decide what you want the gameplay loop to be. Figure out what your players are going to be doing from from uh, setting to or like sit down per evening for to to the next, and then focus on that very heavily so that players have an idea of what they should build towards. Uh, for example, this game has an embezzle skill, and it's just like, hey, if you spend all day working at your job, at the end of the day, you can roll under your intelligence, and if you succeed, you can make a d6 gold crowns. And I'm like, who would do that? What what would the rest of the party be doing? Why would that be part of the game session? And the problem is, so much of the, like, base character class stuff is based around things like that. I mean, you have busking is its own thing. And oh my God, busking. beggar is its own class. That's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, if you want to go out and beg, well, here's all the various things that you'll need to know how to do. And if you do this, you can gain X amount of gold coins, but there's always a percentage chance that maybe the guards will come around and shoo you away. And you have to roll that. I'm like, I thought I was an adventurer. Why are you telling me all this? There are uh, there are two skills that are, or common roles you can make. One of them is entertain. The other is busk. Uh, for which there are, out of the 133 skills of this game, roughly 30 of those skills are just plus 10 to entertain and plus 10 to busk. And that's all they are. They'll be like, juggling, plus 10 to entertain, plus 10 to busk. Acrobatics, hey, how about plus 10 to entertain and plus 10 to busk? Well, what about oratory? Oh, let me guess, buddy, it's plus 10 to entertain and plus 10 to busk. And don't think you can pile these on, because how are you going to juggle while you're doing oratory? You're not, peasant. Hmm, hmm, hmm. It's 
it's so weird to have so many skills and have them then have to be either a static like thing like drive cart where it's just oh this is permissive no one can drive a cart unless they have drive cart or it just affects a different chart full of the actual skills that you'll do which everybody has it's just that you can be slightly better at them yeah so if you want to roll for observe okay you roll in your initiative all right that's all it is but maybe mm-hmm. you have a thing that helps with that. And you're like, okay. Yeah, like excellent vision or something. Great. But there's just so many of them that are dedicated to busking and entertaining. And, and at a certain point, you're just like, why didn't you consolidate these? Why don't you have skills that are just called busk and entertain? And, and then people could just say what they do. Like, oh, you know, I'm playing a halfling and he juggles. I don't, do I need to randomly luck into the juggling skill or can i just take entertained and say that it's because he's juggling yeah it's there's just just like the classes in this where you have 63 and none of them matter because you're essentially just going to take whatever you rolled randomly and then get out of it as fast as possible Mm -hmm. the skills are just like oh yeah you got these skills and they don't really matter unless there's something specifically you're trying to unlock because it's buried behind like a permissive system. So you're like, Oh, well I can't, I don't know, move silently unless I get silent move. So I guess I have to find a class that has that. Yep. Uh, you can also just buy your way out of a career and into a new career that you wanted, uh, without having a career exit for it. You need to have all of the, the advances that skill can, or that career can offer you. And then instead of paying a hundred to jump to a career exit, you pay 200 to jump to whatever. And it still uh, has to be within that career's overarching block. So if I'm in the academics, I can pay 200 to go to another academics uh, class. Yeah, that's the way That's the way you get to Wizard's Apprentice. You yeah, just go, did you it. not I'm roll not gonna, it? I'm, well, <laughs> I'm not going to play Russian roulette or just random uh, happenstance guess who for forever to get this shit done. I'm just going to be a fucking protester until i have 200 xp and then i'm gonna be a wizard yeah oh but john don't worry about any of this it may sound boring and dumb but the rat catcher career does start with the trapping of a small but vicious dog indeed the one thing that you'll hear about the rat catcher which is out of the 63 classes in here one of the few that has managed to maintain and be in the game until like the latest additions because everyone was like yeah i got a little angry dog that's great and i so, get a small but vicious dog that's people really love that phrasing yeah that's just a thing that still exists whereas you know road warden less so rat catcher though that gets to stay in people love that fucking rat catcher and you know i can kind of see it because it's the kind of dismal bullshit that that's fun in a year in a uh, medieval setting Especially if the goal is not to stay a rat catcher, but you know, to go into a dungeon and fight a fight an orc or whatever. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. So, man, this is a boring game. It's it's very sad that there's. For me, I fucking love random tables and rolling on random shit. But the fact that this has you roll like random skills and a random class to start, the idea of that, I love. But then there's nothing to differentiate stuff enough. 
and the fact that you can just leave it immediately, I'm like, oh, none of this matters. You had a million billion different random crap I could roll into, and it didn't matter. None of it mattered. I mean, I get why they did it. This is one of those games where people are going to tell you that it's better than X or Y game because it's good to read on the toilet. Hmm. And you know, I, I, I understand, but fucking buy a copy of Uncle John's Bathroom Reader and call it a day. You know, they've got trivia in the margins. It's great. Buy one of those. <laughs> you don't need to spend 60 bucks on an old-ass book so you can be like, hmm, the dwarf can choose to be an engineer or a sapper. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's the, the weirdest thing to me is that of all these boring-ass classes, as you're making your way through, you're like... What well? It, what if I actually want to fight? What am I going to be? I don't know, a highwayman or an outrider or a mule skinner or a protagonist. Uh, it's rare that you see a class that's like, you know, I'm a guy who would go in a dungeon and fight a skeleton for a ring. Yeah, that's not uh, really a thing you get. Yeah, they're, they're in there. They're just weirdly rare and usually advanced. And the weird <sighs> thing for me with the advanced careers going into those is... Some of them are very clearly things where you're like, oh, cool, this is a thing I might want to be. You know, I could be an assassin or a cleric or a druid or a gunner or whatever. But then you also have stuff like slaver and torturer and lawyer. <laughs> and you're like, wait yeah, a minute. I, Hold on. I just went through my base class. I'm an adventurer. I've been adventuring for a while. And sure, I used to be a demagogue or whatever. But now I'm... A lawyer? Uh, what? <laughs> Explorer is another one of the options, which has got to be super annoying in the Warhammer fantasy milieu because fucking everybody know, who, who likes Warhammer already knows fucking everything about every single country. So when you're like, oh, I'll go destro discover something. Oh, uh, Lustria represents South America. <laughs> like, yeah, I get it. Thank you. There's a million books of lore about this book. We know. Uh, I just, uh, I just don't like that they have in the advanced classes like it's one thing if you want to make like a beggar your beginner class and then you become a real person that's fine but having oh, something harsh. like lawyer or you know torturer uh -huh. as a thing you I can aspire to it's funny because i almost get why torture is in there it's just because one of the starting careers is jailer so you're like hey i got a promotion now i burn feet I don't care very much for the fact that Slaver is one of the advanced classes you can make your way into in this game. And it even goes out of its way to be like, oh, by the way, in fucking the old world, slaves are treated very well. People are nice to oh their my slaves. God. The entire thing for the Slaver where it's like, oh, but don't worry. Slavery is just a thing that happens. And most of them are, they love it. They love being slaves. Don't worry about it. And I'm like, oof, ouch, owie, no. Make, they're making it sound like slave is the one good thing you could be in this setting, since everybody else is a murderer or an idiot. Hmm, hmm. Yeah, well, slaves in the old world are well-treated, and they work alongside paid servants. They have the same conditions. You're like, no, no. Well, there's only a 70% chance that if a slave goes across a river on a boat that he gets Natalie wooded in the middle of the fucking river, uh, because everyone loves their slaves. Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, the point I was trying to make about dwarves is that the three or four dwarf-only careers are just shit from the tabletop game. And it's like, oh, look, that's the good idea right there. They're doing it. Dwarf can be a troll slayer. It's the thing where they don't have clothes on and they have a big dumb beard and two axes. Yay! They did the, you know, the, the tabletop 
unit that you can purchase. Yeah. Same thing with same thing with engineer. Wow, dwarves have options that look like the stuff from the other game. The ship that's the reason you bought this. Uh and it's I mean like I said it's very out of the 30 some odd uh advanced careers. There's like 10 that look like stuff you would have put on the table for the game and the rest of it is just like I am now no longer an artisan's apprentice. I am an artisan. I shall have apprentices, and I shall teach them nothing. Because <laughs> I, because the, I love that it's you know it's just standard grimdark GW shit to do all this Dark Ages bullshit. But it's amusing to me to try and picture a world like this, the Empire old world that they're trying to sell here, where they're like, no alchemist has ever taught an apprentice anything, and that's why there's no more alchemists. Hmm. Like no, the the uh, the. The apprentice system needed to work for them to do it for, you know, the hundreds of years that it existed. You can't just be like, ah, if you're a if you're an artisan's apprentice, you will sure learn how to sweep floors and nothing else until you give up oh, and yeah. become a pirate. They basically are like, oh, if you're an apprentice to someone, you're like the unpaid intern who's actually just getting people coffee and not learning anything. On the job mm-hmm. training? No, sir. No, never. Why would you even assume that? Oh, this game made me mad. Uh, combat. Combat, we already kind of described the basics of it. You don't even roll for initiative. The person with the highest initiative goes first, just like the tabletop game. You can move and attack in a turn, uh, but to do so, you would have to charge. How far can you charge? A hilarious, your move speed in yards. So a human, for example, when charging, can charge three yards. Yeah, three to five, depending on what they rolled to start. Mm-hmm. Which, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it unimpressive not very impressive no yeah uh the the, uh the whole thing is just you have your weapon skill great uh roll under that and like i said compare your strength and their toughness and your damage and if they've got armor that might take a couple points off of it that's about it it's very easy Yep, yep, it's a very simple system. The armor doesn't even have all that much granularity to it. I love that leather armor can either offer one point of damage reduction or none. You can wear leather armor that does nothing if you would like to do so. Well, I mean, it is... (laughs) The zero slash one leather is... It will only block stuff if it's low damage to start with. So if it does three or less damage then it will block one because you're like, oh, it didn't hit hard enough that it just cuts through the leather. But if you do four or more damage, the leather armor doesn't do anything because you got hit hard enough that it didn't matter you were wearing, like, a leather jerkin. Yeah. There's just not a whole lot of granularity to the choices of weapon or armor uh, that make it... Well, luck, And this is honestly kind of lucky because, let's face it, all these shit careers don't really start with any anyway. Even if you're like, what are you? Well, I'm a tried and true warrior. I'm a warrior man, and I have a sword, and I go in dungeons. What do you start with? A helmet and a shitty sword. Great. Do you have, do you have any armor? I have clothes. Uh, <sighs> now, there's a, ma- there's a magic one system. Of the, go ahead. I was going to say, before that, one of the only actual, like super in-depth things in this is the critical hit chart because mm-hmm. oh, this, of course it is well this game when you run out of wounds you aren't dead 
Like if I have six wounds and I take six wounds, then I'm just at zero and I'm still doing whatever I was doing. But yep. if I take any damage past zero, there's a chart to look at for uh, how much damage did you take in that hit? And uh, you roll a D100 to see how bad is the crit you just took. Yes. And you roll randomly to see where you're hit every time you hit someone. And then mm-hmm. each uh, like area has its own crit effect table from 1 to 16. With 1 being like, oh, nothing really happened. Maybe like if they hit you in your arm, you dropped something in that hand. To mm-hmm. 16, where it's just, uh, that part of your body explodes in a shower of blood and bone and you die. Yeah. Uh, if there's one thing they wanted to be granular on, it's gross critical hits, which I, I think we may have mentioned this, oh, I don't know, maybe in 50 of our 170-some episodes we've made so far. Uh, if you make super complicated, super gory critical hit tables, it will eventually and inevitably trend towards damaging the party. Oh, yeah. And I mean, when you're dealing with characters that are almost certainly going to have, like, at the top end, maybe eight wounds, nine wounds, if you're, like, a dwarf with a career that gives you some wound possibilities, Mm -hmm. then, you know, if you're fighting something like, oh, I did a solid hit on you, you took, like, six, at that point, you're like, man, if someone hits me, I'm going to be taking criticals, and there's just a chance I'll random roll into... My head explode. Yeah. Well, for God's sake. Um, I mean, I keep looking at reviews of this game online and everyone's like, oh, well, this was a really good game way ahead of its time. And I'm like, it's 1989. Second edition was out. I mean, again, I think the idea of, you know, you start as sort of a starter, non-adventurer career, and then you would take that and become like a hero from that, the sort of like, we want to make it a hero's journey as a thing. We're like, yeah, you start out, you're a shit farmer. And then you go into a class that isn't that because now you're a hero. The idea is sound. The execution is bad. I would also say that thematically, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for a game that's based on the Warhammer universe where you build armies. And yeah, sir, some of the armies can take like three point conscripts that are farm boys or whatever, but no one ever wants to focus their entire game on those guys. No, it's (laughs) it's weird and I get it, but it's weird. Yeah. I mean, this would be like if you were playing a 40K game and you were... Uh, I, I know there is a 40K game where you play explicitly as the guard, but you have to play as, like, the worst guard. Like, the people who aren't even good enough to be guardsmen. Oh, yeah. You'd just be like, what is this? Oh, we're the, like, local militia of a planet when they don't have the Imperial Guard there. I spend all my day uh, uh, polishing floating angel skulls. <laughs> Do you get in combat? Oh, goodness, no. I sure hope not. I do like to adventure into dungeons from time to time, but no, I'm a second second class angel skull polisher. Uh, Hi there. Uh, I rolled guy who doesn't know how computers work. <laughs> That's my job. I I sit in a room and don't know how computers work. It's the future. Uh, the let's see, magic system. The magic Boring. system. Uh, you can be one of several different types. And Mm -hmm. depending on what you are, you have different magic points gained per level. Yep. Uh, If you are a dwarf or a halfling, you have half as many if you are trying to be a wizard. Uh, Yep. 
Uh, there's things like druid, cleric, uh, diabolist, and 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 I think it's necromancer, both of which are basically just wizards with less spells and more chances to go insane. Well, druid and cleric are the, you can be this and get your full complement of magic points as a dwarf or a halfling because mm-hmm. they're just bad at wizard. Yes. But the wizard subtypes where they're like, oh, if you're a necromancer or a diabolist or a chaos wizard... Then you just, at the beginning, you get to roll on a table full of how fucked up you are. So you'd be like, oh, I got a cadaverous appearance because I'm a necromancer, so I automatically have that. And then I'm a chaotic wizard. I rolled a 56. Now I have palsy. What? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not a great choice. I would not necessarily recommend a uh, chaotic wizard or chaos wizard. No as your class option. <laughs> it's bad. The spells are all very similar to spells you would see in the tabletop game. Uh, none of them are especially interesting. Yeah, you have a grouping of them. There are what's known as petty magic, which anyone can cast. And they're just sort of the, you have access to all of these. And while it seems like they should just be cantrips, there are some that are like, oh, one of the petty magic spells that costs one magic point to do is curse. And it just stays there until someone can cast or remove curse spell. So you can be like, that guy, he has boils now. Fuck him forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's kind of, I mean, ultimately you're going to do that. And they're going to be like, oh, thanks, mister. I had boils anyway. Now I've got better boils. I got boils on me boils, eh? What? <laughs> Fancy a boat across the river. <laughs> uh it's but going it also to be has... you, the fox, the goose, and uh, a bag of corn, and a small yet vicious dog. What do you say? They also have as one of their, uh, like, regular spells that you can do, sleep, which is just two points that if you touch a person, they go to sleep. Like, mm-hmm. they are comatose for D6 game turns, which is really powerful for a low-level spell that any anyone has. Yeah, intensely powerful. But, you know, don't worry about it, because it's going to take fucking forever before anyone gets to the point where they can cast a spell. Uh, And then, depending on what you are, you can have, like, oh, I've got battle magic, or I've got, you know, demonology, and I summon demons, or I'm an elementalist, and I shoot fire, or whatever. Uh, And they're all just, you know, four levels of spells, because you can be level one to four in any casting thing. They cost a certain number of magic points and they do stuff. Sometimes you can resist them with your willpower. Sometimes you can't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I guess to wrap it up, there's, I don't know, a couple pages of magic items, which aren't very interesting. They're mostly like ropes and stuff. Uh, they make a point to pointing of, of saying that magic items are fairly rare in this universe. Uh, and then also a bestiary. And uh, there's an adventure back at the end, but I'm not going to worry about it. There is a bestiary that I actually don't mind. It's got quite a few. It's like almost 100 monsters in it. It's, they, they they thought that out. Hell yeah. You can go in there and be like, oh, sweet. I know what a giant owl's stats are. Cool. I want Yeah, I want to cite that as good because a lot of the, the fly-by-night games that we tend to review don't even have that shit, so the only possible antagonists are the DM makes some more characters. Oh, yeah, or they just go, oh, uh, here's a, an idea. You can have 
this bad highwaymen just take the highwaymen template and do this and you're like please don't make me have them fight people that are just yeah. other pcs that i made that makes the balance very wonky for them to be doing more than one combat in their lives yeah. um so so yeah i i really wanted to i wanted to single that out as a positive that this book does have a beast theory including some really cool monsters like famir that aren't in the base game so that's kind of neat uh, the adventure that's included is aggressively pointless medieval bullshit. Uh, it starts with the party being robbed. Because, you know, of course it does. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately it leads to them having to, like, chase thieves across a rooftop or something. But it's one of those things where where the adventure starts by, like, you've just been pickpocketed. All that gear you meticulously wrote down. Unwrite it down. <laughs> Uh, you know how you started this game and you were like, let's go be adventurers. Well, the adventure is you got clowned on by some other idiots. <laughs> go get them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's that much else to talk about. I think that's more or less the game. I mean, oh, there is something else. I, I wanted to mention a thing that I, I found kind of pleasure, uh, pleasure about reading this. The section on uh, religion and the setting uh, mentions a number of gods I'd never heard of, but also uh signals out what's his name carl franz the emperor of the empire as being sort of a weak kind of shitty person who's been placed in in his role by a secret cabal of counselors who like a crappy person being in charge of the empire because it makes them easier to keep their it makes it easier for them to protect their own individual little fiefdoms Mm -hmm. and i was like holy shit this book is old enough that it's before everybody with a name had to be some 400 point monster (laughs) Because I te- I guarantee you, by the second edition of even this book, Carl Franz was going to be like, I'm the golden god of combat and unusually large Britannia-style mustaches. I always ride on a griffin, and I have a magic sword with a long name. Yeah. <laughs> I so uh, It was kind of neat to see, like, I'm a shit dude, too. I also suck. Welcome to it, buddy. <laughs> It was you interesting can't fool to me. me. It's peasants all the way up. <laughs> it's interesting to me that they have the whole thing on the chaos gods in here, but only two of the ones you would know. Oh, okay. I did, I must have missed that section. But yeah. Which they, which who the who two which two make it in? Uh, Corn and Nurgle are in here, but then they also have Malal, which is a renegade chaos god who turned against the others and wants to destroy them. Huh. I ain't never heard of that. Uh, and and you're telling me there's no Zinch and there's no uh, uh, the other one? <laughs> the sex one, I think. Yeah, the sex haver. Yeah, because uh. that's what they are. There's there, there's stinky McBlaggy face. There's Warliker. There's confusing smarts dude. And then there's the sex wanter. Yeah. Uh, God, what? what? It's killing me. <laughs> it's killing a lot of other people way more. Oh, yeah. So I'm, I'm okay with it. There's so many people right now that are just yelling at the podcast like, you sons of bitches. How do you not know? Before you send me tweets, I do know. I'm just not going to tell you. <laughs> In fact, I've looked it up and I'm not going to say it. We're going to let that one lie. <laughs> the other interesting thing is this. I've only ever seen the chaos gods is a thing this one actually has the gods of law in it which i've never seen in anything before what a rarity indeed i mean it makes sense because this actually has like clerics and templars and shit in it yeah 
<laughs> the other the other thing worthy of note that it has in it, which has very smartly been excised uh, from the Warhammer Fantasy Milia entirely, is like just Arabia. <laughs> Yeah. Like literally the opening st- fictional story in this book is like, and then he killed an Arab man. And I'm like, wait, what really? Are you sure? Are you sure he just killed an Arab? Are you? Yes. He came from far Araby, a made up country. Yeah. The fact that they have a country that's Araby. I'm like, guys, try just a little bit. Also far Cathay. It's just Japan. Ugh. I mean, this book's old enough that there was still a whole army of pygmies that you could buy mail order in Warhammer. True. So this is not this is not an era where a good look would be a thing you'd be looking for. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's pretty much the game. It's it is what it is. It's not. I I mean, I keep finding glowing reviews of it, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, like I said. It's so interesting when you only know the surface level of it, and then you mm-hmm. see the execution, and you're like, oh, man, you dropped the ball on this one. This looks like a boring place. All right, John, why don't we get to it? What would you say to me is your favorite thing about this game? And keep in mind that you will also be saying it to the audience. Oh, no, not the audience. Now I've yes. got stage fright. I know. Just imagine the audience naked. Oh, I always do. Okay, good. Then you should be fine. So, I think probably my favorite thing in this is the idea of, like I was saying, the random starting character. Where you just kind of, like, have a class and some skills that you start with. The idea of being like, oh, yeah, this is what you were before you decided you know, I'm going to go out into the world and be an adventurer. Like, what were you doing before that fateful day where you found Grandpa's sword in the attic and decided to go wander the world and right wrongs? Like, what were you doing in your day-to-day? And I really enjoy the idea of having this sort of randomized, uh, like, background and whatnot so that you can be like, okay, you can just sort of get that part out of the way quickly and randomly and then get to whatever you want to do except you know you don't get rid of it quickly because you have to do a whole bunch of dumb shit in it and and also because the only things to go to are more of that shit yeah that is the main issue i love the idea of the beginning of this book there you go yeah that's fair i already said my favorite thing uh i like that this is from an era before the cult the uh the storyline of the Warhammer or GW like house brand had ossified into the point where like every leader has to wear or ride around on a 30 foot high, six pound plastic beetle uh, Mm. so that you know that they're, they're the big deal King shit in charge of things. I like the idea that, that the empire, which I've always loved that it's just called that uh, and doesn't have a real name is ruled by just a moron, like a cowardly moron who's there because he's a cowardly moron. Yeah. I like that shit. I like, I mean, as long as we're going to be doing this gritty Dark Ages bullshit, I like that they stuck to their guns and ran it, wrote it all the way to the top. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Uh, all right. Let's do, let's do least favorites. All right. Least favorite for me in this, I have to say the skill system, while there are some things that are 
sort of okay about it. Like just having things that would be feats in another game, just be part mm-hmm. of your skill selection is fine. But the fact that they are all just modifiers to like, you look at one chart for your skills and then have to look at a different chart for the things you're actually rolling on. It ends yeah. up being too fiddly, too complex you don't need a hundred something skills like this. You could condense so much of that. And yeah. it just, I hate the idea of like, I got this skill. What does that do? Nothing. Go look at this chart to see what it does. Yeah. There's so many of them and they are so boring and it could have taken so much condensing, but they were very dedicated to their, their belief that was like, Oh no, we have to represent the entire fake medieval experience. Yeah. We can't just say, Oh, you were a beggar, so you you know you would have spent some time busking. Oh no, goodness no! There's got to be twelve different things that then affect the busk roll, which is not itself a skill. Yeah, and I'm going to say my least favorite thing is uh, I'm going to say that there's a species that's just the worst, and I never like seeing that. Like it's humans. Sometimes (laughs) humans are also just the worst, just in general. That's the same as on Earth. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean the halfling, I, it's like, if you want to play as a halfling, it shouldn't be like a labor of love to do so. There should be a reason that they're, they're a contributing species in this society. Yeah. Why would you ever pick one of these when you know I'm going at this with a handicap, like straight up, I am just worse than anything else I could have been. And there's nothing that I get out of it outside of the capability of saying I am a halfling. Like Mm -hmm. I, I would rather just be like, yo, I, I, I pick dwarf and then I tell everyone I'm a halfling. I shaved my beard and I glued the (laughs) hair to my feet. Fuck it. I don't care. (laughs) All right. Would you play this game? I I would definitely would want to play later editions of this and check it out, but this edition I could not. It's got too much earn your fun to it. That's very true. What it about really you? does kind of I feel I feel very much the same. And I, I honestly don't like these random shit farm scenarios. I've been on record before saying that one of my least favorite innovations in uh in Dungeons and Dragons type dungeon crawling is the level zero funnel. I hate it. I want to play as a fucking hero. I don't want to slowly see if one of 16 guys might be kind of a hero. Hmm. So, and I like building things. I don't like randomly assembling them from shitty parts. (laughs) Yeah, I just made a garbage Gundam. Yeah, I just don't want... So, no, I wouldn't play this. But uh, just like you, there are are later editions that I could potentially consider when they were like, hey, this is a game about... You know, playing as the cool elements of the the fantasy universe. Like, oh, I'm I'm that irritating witch hunter with a candle on his head. <laughs> yeah, cool. I, I like the ideas. This one is a no go. Bad edition. Bad edition yep. is bad. Th- there you go. All right. Well, that's pretty much a review of first edition Warhammer Fantasy role playing. Thanks for sticking around and hearing all of it. You're the best. Hey, as long as you're sticking around, why not support our Patreon? I'm going to toss it over to John to tell you about it because my head's about to explode. (laughs) If you want to join all of us in the winner's circle, you can go over to patreon.com slash system mastery. If you support us 
at the lowly $1 level, you'll unlock the bonus content for this show where we're going to make characters in this. So we're going to go make a couple random ass dirt farmers and tell you all about the <laughs> absolute garbage nonsense that they get up to. And you can find that at the low, low $1 Persistent Mastery episode price. And of course, while you're there, if you want, we have so much more content at all of the varying levels, all the way up to the $5 level where you get nine shows a month and we spend too much time making things. We really do work very hard on doing what we do. Oh, man, John, I'm sorry. I've been quitting caffeine the past two weeks and oh, boy. Oh, that's a shame. I've had three Coke Zeros in the last half hour. Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I had half of a Diet Coke at nine in the morning, and then I had no more. Aw. Aw, look am, at you. I'm, I'm, I, it's for my blood pressure. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do whatever I can to get the blood pressure down, uh, even though it's really, really fucking low. But that's because I take like 11 pills a day. Yeah. And then I, ha and then I have a sensible dinner. Really? Ugh. I have a shake for breakfast, a shake for lunch, and then an entire pizza for dinner. Also, when <laughs> I say milkshake. shake, I mean a milkshake. I have two milkshakes a day. <laughs> two milkshakes and a pizza. That's my entire diet. Yeah, I am I am throbbing right now. It's it's <laughs> it's rough. But it's cool. I'm gonna quit caffeine and I'm gonna see my kid go to college. That's the goal. <laughs> squad goals uh all right thank you again so much for joining us check us out on patreon.com slash system mastery if you like us and if you don't like us f fuck you what are you doing here how did you get this far <laughs> if you don't like us then now you like us <laughs> uh that's right we're magic if you manage to listen more than an hour of our show you like us now it's official legally, sorry it's by bi legally binding <laughs> Sorry, you're part of the discourse now. Uh, all right, thanks so much. You all have a wonderful week.